0: Hi, welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Roxo, author of Fuck Like a Goddess, creator of Radical Awakenings, transformational coach, and student of life. I'm here to stand with you asking questions about what is sacred and what is profane and the space between. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. Why is it called that? Because, you know, some of us rule breakers and risk takers like to take things that have been co-opted and deemed negative or bad, and we like to smush them and mold them and revamp them and rebirth them. And we like to look at them and go, but wait, do I think it's bad? Is that how I feel about my body? Is that how I feel about my menstrual cycle? Is that how I feel about my heart, about love, about relationship, about marriage? We like to take certain things that are kind of like crunchy or intense and we like to make them our own. So the word fuck is such a great example of that. Though there is a chance one day I will outgrow it. It did kind of stem from my first book, Fuck Like a Goddess, which stemmed from a really particular moment in my own journey that was focused on healing, that was focused on reclamation um, and standing in my own power. Because I had the courage to do that and the, and the, the fire to do that, I was able to make space for the deep softness that I now am living into. I do think it's a process, right? It's like, if you look at a flower, they don't just, boom, go to the soft unfolding of the petals. They first are like, have to do the gnarly rooting down and they have to become kind of firm and erect and stand tall. And then from there, it's just like, mm, soft and mushy and open. So I do think my process has been a little bit like that. I'm happy to be in the place I am now, where I get to live a little bit more soft, a little bit more regulated, a little bit more um, in the realms of water and um, earth, perhaps, and then I I I dip into the fire and. I try not to over air myself if we're looking at ourselves in in terms of an elemental balancing. And it's something to think about for you. And I, I would say don't look at it based on your astrology. You can you can see your astrology as relating to at least one aspect of yourself. But it's not going to necessarily define your body's constitution. I would look to Chinese medicine. I would look to Ayurveda to see how the elements actually move through your physical body, emotional body, mental body. Um, And you may see that in one of those areas, you have a lot more, let's say, air. You may be sort of have an airy body, um, which in Ayurveda would be more vata You may have a more earthy body, but your mind may be really kind of zippy like the wind back and forth. So I like to consider these um, questions and conversations at different moments in my life. Where am I? How do I fit into the great cycle of things? Am I in a death? Am I in a rebirth? Is my business in a death or rebirth? Is my emotion emotional life or relational life or sex life in a death or rebirth? Is it at this beautiful humming, soft, yummy, um, you know, kind of stable ground? Uh, I think unconsciously we, we're, um, we sort of avoid the, the the death part, right? We know this by now. I think we've had enough conversations on this podcast and other podcasts. We avoid the sort of symbolic deaths in our life as much as possible as our culture or our older culture is oriented away from them. Um, and the birth time within, within our business or within um, a relationship like NRE new relationship energy. Those times are way sexy in our culture. We're like, Oh my God, I'm starting this. I got a new haircut. I'm in a new relationship, but it's less, um, you know, maybe it's less exciting to talk about. I'm humming along in this really deeply rooted, sturdy, stable, yet soft way. Um, and, you know, that's not to say that every area of your life is going to be in the same part of the cycle of change and death and rebirth, but it's definitely less popular of a place to live into, to practice into, and to be with, right? Like we're, it's not a a, a peak. It's a just steady, beautiful hum, right? It's not, a, oh, God, this amazing stuff is happening right now. And it's not, oh, my God so much is happening right now. I'm so upset. It's just like, I'm here in the center. Now that I'm saying it, it's feeling very Buddhist. Um, And it's feeling kind of mature. Also, it's feeling like graduating from maiden energy or princess energy, not graduating in a sense of one being better than the other, just moving into a different phase where there may be less highs and lows. There may be less of that shrieking energy or less of the sort of complaining and temper tantrumy energy. And it may be more, a little bit more of a cultivated witness that sees the highs and lows of life and that doesn't um, get distracted or pulled into all of them. And I was having a hike on Saturday with a lovely woman, Kate Gordon, Dr. Kate Gordon. I'll put her, I'll link her below. And we were speaking about how I I was saying to her how I think that when women enter into a mystical, sacred, feminine practice space without sort of the foundations of spiritual practice, it can be um, sometimes actually it can take them further away from themselves because When you're doing, say, a practice of meditation, you learn to watch the waves of change in your body and in your mind and not hook into all of them. And then from there, you can can choose after many years, let's say, of seated meditation, then you can choose to do a practice where you're actually following an emotion, going into the depths of grief, but you don't get hooked in and the thing is is that if people have this conception that like feminine practice or you know the feminine spiritual path means that you that you're just jerked around by your emotions you're jerked around by the moon you're jerked around by astrology then you're kind of you're missing an essential piece which is the ground which is the roots which is I have a stabilizing practice, a yoga practice, a seated meditation practice, a breathwork practice to clear, open. And from there, I can go into a practice of choosing what what emotions, choosing what places I want to feel into and melt into and simmer into. I can feel pleasure without getting totally uh, seduced or enraptured by it or hypnotized by it right and i can come back to send her to me that's a well balanced rich spiritual life it's shiva shakti it's yin yang if you're talking from those ancient eastern traditions which i know are very um let's say genderized in a way but their archetypal energies um you know you could say stillness and energy you could say um consciousness and light, which is more David Data's way. So you don't necessarily have to put a gender on them. Obviously, there are lots of cisgendered men who embody a lot of light, a lot of radiance, a lot of heart. And then there's some women that embody so much stillness, so much just deep presence. And I do both. When I come into client sessions and when I'm leading Groups of women, I have to have a really still, present mind so I don't get hooked into their stories. If they have some energy that's like kind of sticky, I don't get stuck on it. That used to happen when I was younger. Um, I have to know how to have a clear, strong presence that I can hold a room. So if you're listening and you do work where, like, wow, I need to have an open heart, but I also need to have strong presence, sturdy, still mind, then it would benefit you to do both practices, an open hearted practice, but also have that quieting, stilling, uh, emptying out meditation practice. And I didn't necessarily mean to go on a tangent around this. I really, I had this desire to come on today and to talk about all of the strange sort of culty things, which I'm going to get to in a second that I've done (laughs) based on another weekend conversation I had. But um, but I just wanted to riff on that, especially for those of you who are coming into my spiritual community, which is our spiritual community, but I lead it, Radical Awakenings, Full Spectrum Femme, we are going to go into, you're going to have access to all kinds of practices so that you can have a robust and balanced cultivation. So that when you need to spend more time in the realms of pleasure and sensuality, you can but you equally know how to not get jerked around by the phenomena of life and not to go on every motherfucking ride because life's just going to keep happening, guys. People we love are going to pass on. We will get sick. We're going to hurt. You know, Any idea that that's not going to happen is false. And so there's a beautiful skill in choosing what are the phenomena we stop for we get on our knees for we grieve for not not i'm not saying avoidance or bypassing but i'm saying that especially living in a feminine emotional body that has an endocrine system that has estrogen progesterone um lh fsh i'm like all the all the all the female hormones it's a particular cocktail and so if I just let myself get pulled around by the chemistry in my body that is responding to the outside phenomena, then I just may be always dysregulated and feeling unstable, right? So I need to learn how to stabilize within the cauldron of chaos and fun and feminine energy. And then Also choose to shake up the snow globe of my being, choose to drop into the deep underworld of deep grief, choose to be an ecstatic, blissful OMG, but not just be whipped around. Okay. That was my first little soapbox. Anyway, second fun thing that I was tuning into this weekend, I was sitting with my dear friend, Cara Thomas, um, the creator of Flippity. And a new friend here in Boulder, Carolyn, who has an is a nutritionist. I will link to both of them below as well. And we're just telling stories. And I have watched the HBO show The Vow, like way late to the party, guys. When it came out in 2020, I was like, I'm not watching that. That seems scary. But then I just, I don't know. I, I randomly it came. I came up. Oh, I know why it came up because Glenn and Doyle had. Um, one of the women from the the HBO show, one of the women who left that cult on her podcast. And I listened to it and I was like, okay, now I'm going to watch the show. Anyway, after watching that and watching Orgasm Inc. about One Taste and then reading an article on an NPR about Guru Jagat, I was like, wow, I've been involved in some kind of culty things too. I wasn't involved in the HBO one. Um, which I don't even want to say the name for some reason. But part of, I think, engaging in spiritual practice is groups coming together. And in the past, they've often idolized one kind of a guru. And every time I almost kind of came into the cult, I was one of those people that like always stood on the fringe and was like a little too cool. Um, And and I used to beat myself up about it. Sometimes I'd be like, am I super just like avoidant of community? I remember in LA when I went to um, like the one taste gathering and I went to some of the circles I was just like, I can't fully get in this. I can't really get on board. And I would go to Kundalini circles in LA. And I was like, I I love the practices, but the sort of zealot, zealousy, no, the zealot like uh, sort of behavior of the group towards the guru was off-putting. So, I could appreciate the gurus of these teachers. Like, I remember watching videos of Nicole Daydone coaching on YouTube, who is the founder of One Taste, and being like, wow, she's fucking dope. However, after watching that um, documentary, you know, I kind of like, whoa. But again, yeah, I, I will say, you know, sometimes doc- documentaries are edited in a way that can kind of exacerbate someone's bad behavior, et cetera. So, I, I'm not, I can't say 100%. Um, uh, I don't have an opinion on her black or white, but I also remember watching videos of Guru Jagat and being like, wow, she's so fierce, so powerful. Um, when I first, again, landed in LA, started doing some Kundalini, going there. But I couldn't get on board the just over-deification of a person. And there was another time where there were, uh, I was sort of studying within a different lineage, which I will remain nameless for now. I do mention this in my next book. And there was a point where I had to give like a deeper commitment to the lineage and something in me was just like, no, this is not right. And when I, I was really on the edge because I was deep in that community, that spiritual community. And when I, When I said, actually, I can't do this, I was thrown out of the community and I was just like blacklisted and it was incredibly heartbreaking. But again, I wasn't willing to deify a teacher. So anytime that I am leading something, I am constantly probably too much, which is my own shit, but I'm constantly telling the women like this is you, you're empowering yourself. The teachings that I've lived and learned come from all my own years of study and experience. Um, but I'm really here to help you empower yourself and to lead you home to you. But maybe some of that is languaging that can that cult leaders. <laughs> I'm definitely not, I'm not, I'm signing up for that job. I mean, there was, there were definitely a few years in LA where I was like, I really want to become a big spiritual teacher. Da And then I was like, that is a lot of responsibility. I'd like to do my work for the amount of people that come through, but I don't want everything to be about me. And it's interesting because like, I'm now on social media, I'm posting, I think more content that's about the things that I love or inspiring women or whatever. And they just don't get nearly as much engagement than if I were just to be waxing on and on and on about myself, which is fascinating, but I don't give a flying fuck. I'm still going to, um, you know, not just be in the me, 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 me self-deification. So I don't even know exactly what my point is. Well, I guess I'm curious, like who out there listening, I wish you guys were here in the room with me, who out there listening has also sort of like almost joined several cults. And cults. I'm saying this a little tongue in cheek. There's there are different levels to those. You know, there are like really intense, really scary, and then there's more like a yoga school that's culty, right? So maybe we can say cult or culty. And I like that um, the woman who was on on Glennon Doyle's podcast, Sarah. I think her last, last name's Edmondson. Forgive me if that's wrong, but she has a podcast called A Little Bit Culty. And and, and I was laughing because I'm like, yeah, I've done things that are a little bit culty, like my snake dancing face, like being with a group of women coming together to dance with the snakes, which was phenomenal. And I loved it. And then maybe it's a little bit culty. <laughs> um. I like that phrase and it kind of makes me laugh. And and also a lot of plant medicine circles that I've stepped into have had this kind of come back and be a part of the community, sister. And again, maybe some of that is true, but some of it feels like, feels cozy. Um, and again, maybe there's my own wounding and kind of lone wolf and, you know, only childness, but the spaces that I love coming into the teachers are really explicit. Like I'm not your guru. I am not better than you. I am just as messy and in process as you. I'm not trying to sleep with my students. <laughs> um, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Um yeah, that's a whole other conversation. I don't mean to say that lightly, but I will say like that the, the the teacher has good boundaries, right? Like the teacher has good boundaries and people do fall in love in really intimate, beautiful spaces. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that from a really beautiful consensual outside of the power dynamic, outside of that, uh, you know, maybe after the relationship, Um I fell in love with something, someone after a, a plant medicine ceremony that was one of the ayahuascaros. So he was one of the men giving the ayahuasca. And it took me a long time to be like, actually, it wasn't okay that he hit on me after the ceremony. Like I was in this really mushy place and he was my, you know, superior in that way. He was my teacher in that way. But I won't trade that because at the end of the day, we did have a really beautiful relationship that turned into a friendship and we are still friends all these years later. Um, But that kind of when you're under the like delicious spell of a plant medicine, of a spiritual practice, like some sort of a spiritual practice and its community, you you are more susceptible to just being like, you know, I'm in. For me, it was less um, the community, like a group that was luring me in, but but a hot man, <laughs> that was more my speed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's complex. And I'm not trying to, like sort of break everything down in this little ditty. It was just something I started thinking about over the weekend. Like, why is it that someone like me has been really open to experiment within so many different realms and make mistakes and get hurt? And I'm still really devoted to my spiritual path. Like I didn't get off put by, um, you know, um by any of it, really? You know, I'm off put by some of the teachers or some of the methods of sales and that kind of thing. Um, but I'm still so curious, you know, I'm still so curious. I do remember, I'm going to give you another little almost almost hopped into a cult. I do remember I was um, seeing Amma. I'm not saying that Alma's a cult. It's just a devotee-guru relationship. And my friend who's a devotee was like, Ask her for a mantra, that means she'll become your guru. And I thought about it and I thought, hey, is she really going to become my guru if I ask for a mantra? I had already, you know, I've been fe- feeling her since I was 18. So it's like at least 12 years later that I have been going to see Amma. But so I told the person as you're approaching Amma, Amma's the hugging saint, amazing Indian, Kali incarnate, incredible, incredible, incredible. But as I was approaching Amma, I said to her, "You know, assistant, these the assistants like push you into her her chest, and like she gives you a hug, and it's it's very dramatic. They wipe the makeup off your face because she's wearing white. It's a really intense moment." Um, I said to them, "I'll take the mantra," and then they pushed me on her chest, and she didn't say anything in my ear. Uh, my friend came out and said, oh, what, what did she say? What was your mantra? What did she give you? And I'm like, She didn't. And I just thought, huh, it wasn't meant to be. And I've had these moments this lifetime, several where I've been like, Are you my guru? Are you my guru? Am I meant to be in the ayahuasca community? Am I meant to be, you know, in the Yogananda community? Am I meant to be in the ama community? Like, am I meant to, like, where's my spiritual home? And it's been interesting because I'm like, there just hasn't been one spiritual home for me. And I've loved playing in these different spheres, but there hasn't been one thing. And you've probably heard me talk about this before, which is why I've created a spiritual community where it's not based off me, it's based off practice. I do coaching and supporting in there, but really it's based off prayer, ritual, breath work, visioning, sensual practice, meditation, writing, um, and I've created the spiritual home that I want to be in that's not about worshiping a human. Not that there's anything wrong with that, okay? I have a lot of people I love that have a guru or, you know, that are in a spiritual community that's very tight and focused, et cetera. And then I have friends that are not interested in any of it and that are just like, all that's a little too wild for me. Um, and I think that, you know, there's, it's funny, I'm, I'm in my, um, in my little temple office space. And I have all these different statues of different deities and pictures of people I love. And there's something about appreciating the wisdom and the jewels from different practices or different lineages and traditions. Appreciating them with reverence, not like you're just snacking from a buffet, but just you're bowing to them with reverence. And that that can be just as potent as saying, I'm going to become a devotee. I don't know. Someone listening, you may challenge me and go, no, that's not true, Alexandra. But for me in this particular incarnation, my practice is gathering with women in prayer and ritual, song, dance, feeling, deep feeling, reflection, mirroring, clarity, and then that, yeah, and then amazing other practices, like pranayama and yoga, um, asana practice, learning tantric yogic uh, practices as well. but but finding the spiritual home outside of a dogmatic space, outside of a place where someone is deified, where someone is made into a god or goddess for you to worship. That's been not what I want to do with this life. I don't want to be that for other people. You can look up to me and celebrate me. Sure. I don't want, I don't want to be deified. So yeah, today I want to share about, I think, I guess some of the things that just came up for me this weekend, conversations. Thank you, Kate, Cara, and Carolyn. Oh my God, three C's. What does that mean? Um, And I love having enriching conversations with people. People, you know, I love it's it's the best, and I'm I'm super grateful for that, and the community that I'm building here in Boulder, and hopefully you'll come join me at some point. Uh, I definitely think Eli and I are going to do some sort of a couples immersion here in Boulder, and I have um, my program, my year long coven mastermind, and the first cycle, three month cycle, starts in February here in Boulder called Alchemy for heart-based leaders, creators, um, movers, and shakers, women who want to be a mover and shaker, who are dying to finally express their hearts and share their gifts with the world. And the Radical Awakenings community, we also start in February. These are my two core programs and I'll have you know little things here and there, but two core programs, Mastermind and Community. And both are awesome. For a different space, the, the community is really a practice space, a gathering space, a spiritual recharge space, re-up, baby. And the mastermind is let's look at your gifts in the world, how you're hiding from them. Where are you not giving them? Where can we get you into a little bit more of your own truth? Um, and what are you dreaming? Let's dream big. Okay. If this anything I said about cults triggered you, I love you and I'm sorry. Um, and, you know, drop me a line, of course, and um, let me know if something stood out. And if you have your own little stories, not little stories, but if you have your own stories around either, um, you know, spiritual practices that felt a bit culty that you have lived within, that you, people that are moments that you, you've almost signed up for one <laughs> where you felt like, oh, actually I can't do that. I'd love to hear those. Feel free to DM me. I love hearing that kind of thing. You know, the spiritual journey on this time at planet earth, it it does involve a little bit of curiosity, a little bit of risking, right? Even going to a yoga class sometimes can be risky or sound meditation or something like that. You're opening your energy and consciousness to someone. So it's not just the big ones, like sitting in an ayah ceremony or, you know, going on a intensive with someone. All right, you guys, lots of love. I love... Um, Being in the space with you, thank you for joining me on the ongoing uh, conversation about what's sacred, what's profane, what our mystical lives are like, what it's like to be a modern spiritual practitioner, an embodied woman, all of it. Okay, lots of love. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.